What's up, everybody? Yes, it is. It's that time of the week again, bitch. It's another episode of Old School, New School Comedy Podcast, broadcasting from you kind of live at the Comic Strip Live here in New York City. And with me this week is a really good friend of mine. She's my cousin. Oh, so I love this girl so much. And she's been in the game how many years now? This is my ninth year. Oh, the bitch is turning nine and looking fine, oh. biatch. You've seen this girl everywhere from the Apollo Theater to Caroline's on Broadway. That's right, bitch. She goes both races. Okay. Oh, Basically. <laughs> I want to introduce to you a very funny lady, my cousin, Miss Asia Bennett. Hi. Hello, everyone. <laughs> How are this you? is the first week with video, so don't mind me because I'm a little retarded. Oh, did I plug the microphone in? Who cares? Anyway. <laughs> so, girl, when what? So, I love this show. I love talking shop with all my comics. Yes. So, what brought you to stand up? What made you want to do stand up comedy in the first place? Well, I've always wanted to do comedy. Like when I was little, I would watch the Martin Show. Uh-huh. Martin. Okay. How you doing? Right. <laughs> so even when they had like the um, Shenanay contest, I actually entered into it. Like I had all my friends from the block come and I had my outfit, my rainbow shorts and my bubble gum socks and the whole nine. Yes, I did. It was VHS at the day, at back in the day. So they had to have that big camera. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it was a big deal, you know, so I really wanted to do it. But um, ultimately, you know, I decided that, you know, after taking my second undergraduate degree, like, you know what? Yeah, I want to be a comedian because that made sense. <laughs> she spent all that money on education to yeah. make no money at her job. Right. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> Choices. <laughs> That's amazing. So, you did a shenane. So, so what? How did you place in that contest? I never heard back, you know. So. Good night. Okay, that, that, was, that was like the end of that career. Yeah, you weren't ratchet enough. No, I don't think so. Well, they don't know you the way I know you, girl. Okay. They don't know me like they don't oh. on one side. <laughs> okay. Well, here's your big shot. Martin, what do you think? Never mind. <laughs> what are you doing? So I love the most about you besides everything is that you not only do like 420 shows and dirty shows. You right. also play the gospel circuit. Yes. Tell us about that because that is something I am totally banned from <laughs> and have like a 500-yard restraining order against any Jesus thief. So anyway. Well, <laughs> there's still room. No. So, no. Jesus. Jesus. Telling jokes for Jesus. <laughs> Jesus said, ha, ha, ha. Two disciples walk into a bar. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, like, I'm a preacher's kid. So that, mm, yeah, that's the kink. Um, yeah, so as being growing up in the church, you know, I can identify with a lot of things that happen in the church, like the behaviors and the carrying on and things. So I'm able to identify that and point that out to the people in the crowd. Like, mm. they always say, like, the preacher kids are the worst ones. So tag, I'm it. Uh-huh. And it's okay. I'm comfortable with that. 
I live for your preacher kid. You know what I love about black churches more than anything? Because white churches are really stale. Okay. Okay. And this is a story. Listen, I was at church because, you know, that's what Catholics do, you know. (laughs) Anything to get on my knees in front of a man with panties on, hanging on a cross. What? Who said that? Jesus. So I'm at church at St. Malachi's right here in New York City. And there's this little black child in front of me in in the pew in front of me. Okay. About he weighed probably thirty eight pounds. You know, skinny little soaking child wet. from yeah, soaking okay. wet with his dad's jacket on. All righty. And he was trying to feel the power right. of the Lord. The like spirit. he was trying to feel the spirit. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you know how stale Catholics are. We're all monotone. You know, it's like we a chant. Alone. It's like Buddhism. It's like right. white people's Buddhism. We and the Lord be with you, and also with you. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thank you. Know, God, thy right. you know, it's like it's like an auctioneer. Right. So <laughs> who give me Jesus Christ? Who give me Jesus? Who wants salvation? Who? I got a Jesus cracker and a glass of wine. Jesus cracker and a glass of wine sold to those. <laughs> Last supper. <laughs> I, didn't go to, I didn't even go to the first supper. What happened to the last one, sweetie? Anyway, so this little child was in church trying to feel the spirit. He's all. Okay. And I tapped him on the shoulder because I was right behind him and I felt bad. I'm like, baby. Mm-hmm. I said, baby, we don't do that here. And up in here you ain't going to feel here. nothing in this church. You mm-hmm. got to go up another 60 blocks just to feel something. <laughs> and he started laughing. And I just said, baby, we don't do that. You got to go up another 60 Ooh, blocks. Leave y'all alone. <laughs> no, because some of y'all Southern ones, I ain't going to lie now. Hold up. Them Southern, <laughs> them southern Christians. Ooh. White Catholics. Them Southern ones, they be down something yeah because they steal it from black folk baby well honey they learned it well they learned it very learned they learned, they learned, the you they know? learned us something <laughs> they learned us something well yes they surely did they got learned and turned in one baby, sh- sure did. in the name anyhow oh no i love southern churches they are hilarious yes. the way they feel it hallelujah and- <laughs> can i get an amen up in her <laughs> Can I get a can I get a man up in here? Seriously, can I get a man? You're all a bunch of homos. Ain't I get a what? Who said that? Jesus. <laughs> I'm gonna get canceled. Good. Maybe I'll go viral and be somebody finally. Okay, girl. Cool. I'll be in. Yeah. You know we are the next duo. You know that, right? I know it. They just can't. They just they can't handle ready. us. Right. It's a lot. Humor is like uh, <laughs> all this degrees and all this dropouts. <laughs> oh, what? This is like Freaky Friday. Like you got like 18 master's degrees, a PhD, <laughs> and a partridge in a pear tree. Okay. And my ass is still waiting for the ink to dry on her GED. So. <laughs> We gotta get to this podcast. We'll laugh this whole, this whole. This is how we are when we're together. We're just a mess. A hot steaming mess. So you started. Okay, let's get to serious face. Okay. Okay. Jesus. (laughs) I feel like this is the worst. We are the world and audition on the planet. (laughs) We are the world. Y'all just have to put up with us this week. Michael will be done with us. Get out. Oh, Michael Jackson. If you ever guys watch those <laughs> those tapes, like when Huey Lewis from Huey Lewis and the News is trying to sing it, Michael is just shady. That was the shadiest. He's just giving him that eye like, bitch, don't even try to like, sing, you stop. white devil. 
<laughs> bitch, you want a new drug. Go back to Huey Lewis and the news. And the news is you can't sing, bitch. You okay. know, he was roasting everybody. You know Michael Perry. Oh, he was shady as fuck. Yeah, very I live. much so. That's why you always had those shades on. Uh-huh. So he, he could give you the side eye. Eyes. He was because that side eye was a motherfucker. Very much so. <laughs> why do you think he kept having all that plastic surgery to right. hide all those smirks and right. all that? Woo, girl. I, don't, I don't want no expression anymore. Yeah, I, I can't. Because his poker face is like mine. I right. can't hide it. I can't hide it either. And I don't like, you know me. And when I don't like someone, it's on. Right. Me too. I'm the same way. I'm very much. Well, okay. So back to comedy. <laughs> <laughs> this is just a typical phone call with us. Right. That's what we do. So nine years ago when you started. So mm-hmm. where, like, how was your first experience on stage? Look how I got all serious and white for a second. <laughs> and so I was right into it. So... <laughs> Right into character. Yeah, it was like um, I was a teacher assistant. And so mm. I, you know, one of my coworkers, you know, everybody always told me, you're so funny. You should be a comedian. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to the comedy fair right up the street. <laughs> <laughs> Grab me a little position. Um, so she was like, they have like these comedy shows at this place called the Latin Lounge in Jersey City. It's mm-hmm. no longer opening. So I went and I asked the promoter um, of this comedy show, Q Brooks. And I was like, I want to be a comedian. And so he was like. He says, turn around. Okay, you got the ass. I think you can do it. Damn. Man, you know, shout out to Cuba. <laughs> but see how they do women? You got the ass. If it was mm-hmm. a dude, all right, get on stage. Right. Shay. Mm-hmm. But yes, yeah, so shout out to Q Brooks. And he dragged me around him and Mimi Simpson from Chicago like oh, every nice. single Mimi's day. Mimi's great. Yeah, so those two very much so kept me, you know, started me out very much so. Aww. And my first time was really good on, on stage. At first, I performed in Mar- Marlowe's in Irvington in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And then Footprints in Brooklyn. And that's like a Caribbean spot. Oh, yes, it is. It was a death trap. Yeah. So I think I, I didn't know. It was like they were sending me into like the bear claw. Listen, Caribbean rooms are the greatest fucking rooms. Love them. When I was opening for Paul Mooney at Caroline's, mm-hmm. this guy Sherwin Waldron mm-hmm. used to come to the shows. Mm-hmm. And Sherwin was like, you know, like he would like host things and produce a lot of shit. So he would come every weekend and see us. And he approached me one night and he says, I have this room in Brooklyn Heights, not Brooklyn Heights, in Prospect Heights okay. called Janelle's Caribbean. Okay. Would you come out? We do first Friday funnies the first Friday of every month. I'm mm-hmm. like, sure, why not? Let's do it. Let's go. So it was a summer night mm-hmm. and Janelle's was, you know, was a Caribbean place. They had this tiny little stage. They always had bands and they started venturing into comedy because Sherwin started producing shows there. Okay. So I go out there. Mind you, it's like a thousand degrees out. It's like in the middle of like July, you know, the <laughs> hottest, like you want to, it's like an armpit. Right. So we get there and the place is packed. Everybody's dressed for the nine. Oh, you would have yeah. thought someone died or went to church. Right. So I go in there and it's just all Caribbean. Okay. Like not a white soul in place outside there was. Okay. You know, because of the stroller jockeys gentrifying the neighborhood as, I, as we mom. spoke. Mm-hmm. So. I go on, like they had the doors open. They had those long glass doors to the sidewalk for outside and bring the nice air in. It was Mm -hmm. set. People were out. Cars were pulling up and watching the show. You know me. I went up and I just started roasting. The comics were so bad. Mm -hmm. 
that they booked, and I, you know, I had to let them have it. Oh, as you so said. a bitch let them have it, as and I destroyed ate. that place. You ate, and oh yeah, we ate, honey. They didn't pay you; they paid you in food, honey. Oh, good. <laughs> After that show, it was eight pounds heavier. <laughs> <laughs> you like a little extra but, weight when they want. But you when know. they love, when Caribbean rooms love yes. you, right. they love you, and right. when they don't love you, they will let a bitch know you, yeah. straight up, so you always know where you stand. Right in a Caribbean room. So that's a really great place for you to start. Yes. Because it'll teach you, okay, that wasn't funny. Get your shit together. Right. So it just so happened that I actually did well. And it of was course like, you they, did. Right. And so they, I, that, I, I shocked myself because I... It was like really a rough crowd. I mean, they're banging on the like the bars. It was like animated, so mm-hmm. it wasn't just like you know. It's not like yeah. we're sitting there watching. It's, it's like, not cute oh, like oh, white no, people. No, go- no. <laughs> no, it's very, it's very. Oh, they start moving furniture around. They right. paint. You right. know, it's they knock walls out. Yeah. It was a lot going on. Honey, babies being delivered. You know, honey, what I mean? child. Yeah. All <laughs> kind of shit happened. When that happens, you know you're doing good. Right. And <laughs> so once I did that well, it was like, okay, you can go on, Asia. This is for you. Yeah, I can, I can succeed now. Good. That was it. That was it. All right. <laughs> So uh, you have uh, also from all your shows and, and working like the gospel circuit right. and the black circuit to the white circuits right. that you hint, you actually connected up with Bob Sumner. Yes. And Bob Sumner, for those who don't know, mm-hmm. the he's, king. Yeah, Bob Sumner. Def is, Jam. Yes, he's that That's guy. The, he's that guy. Right, that produced, um, helped Hit, produce Def Jam. Him and Russell Simmons. Him and Russell Simmons produced yep. um, Def Comedy Jam. So um, along my journey, like I would be out all the time. Mm-hmm. And he saw me perform, and then he saw me perform like maybe a few more times. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you got it, whatever it is. And so I was always out in the circuit grinding so hard, like, and you know, yep. we, you know, became followed each other on Facebook and he became a fan of mine and booked me to do Apollo. So I was like super excited. And I was only like, that was actually on a six year anniversary of wow. my, my comedy anniversary. Yeah. So I was super excited to have done that. So it was dope. And shout out to Bob Sumner. Really, really dope. Totally. Yeah. I haven't even done the Apollo. You'd think I would have after all my years of Mooney. Never done the Apollo. I should be at the Apollo, girl. Oh, ma'am. We, that has to happen. Yeah, hilarious. She needs to see. No, I need to be at the on. Apollo. I, That's on period. Right? Period. Hello. Period. So, yeah, I've never done the Apollo. Mm-mm. I feel like I have opening for Paul Mooney for 12 years. Them same people, right? I should host the Apollo. Oh, my God. Right? Fuck Steve Harvey. You would be such a phenomenal host. I can see it. Because I will roast every... You know, I have no fear. None. She's coming for the child, everything. I'm coming for the funny. The funny. And if you ain't ready, you need to get ready. You have to get ready. So, yeah. But that's that's amazing. So how did how was the Apollo? What was that like for you? It was like a dream come true. Like, you know, they have your name on the marquee and you're just feeling like, oh. Like you made it. Right. You know, that's, they, that's black made it. That's black made it. That is like, that's like winning the, that's like winning the lottery. Okay. Exactly. Um, yeah. So it's like, I felt very like blessed to have like accomplished that because that was, I was like so my proud of you. Thank you. When I saw that, I was like, oh, yes, my girl, my cousin. Yes. But it was like, you know, you go in there and they also said, you know, they let us know that, you know, Beyonce never had her name on the marquee yet. So I did that before Beyonce, girl. I love you, B. Mm-hmm. Anywho, shout out to Beehive. But yeah, so five, four. I'm too fucking busy. That's my technique. Mm. 
That's my. I'm sorry. I Don't even focus. act like I like. I'm sorry. Look I at me being all trying to be all blending. <laughs> but um, yeah. So it was really dope. Like just to be in the Apollo itself to see all the history and all yeah. the talent. It's just oh, awesome. all the names that came out of there from yeah. nothing, man. That oh place God. made so many careers and killed a lot of them too. Yeah, boss. And that stage, that Sandman was fierce, honey. <laughs> Honey, shoot your whole. When Omar down. would tap your ass off that stage, ciao, bye. Mm -mm. You know what time it was. Mm -hmm. It's time to leave. I wish they had a trap door. They just open it up and that watch you be, fall. That, that shit would be so hilarious. Much. I would love for that. I was right. <laughs> We're so shady. No. But uh, so you at nine years. So you've basically grown up. Like I'm. I'm coming up on 28 years. Wow, you look, you don't even look 28. I know, girl. girl. Oh, girl, oh. Needs, girl needs some tips. Girl right? Okay, you need mm. just the tip. <laughs> okay. um, so you've basically grown up in the tech age of right. stand-up, where TikTok and Instagram kind of makes or breaks your career. Right. And in my day, you know, back when I was your age, you know, Stop you know we got the light with a candle, you know, it wasn't even, <laughs> <laughs> that's why we had somebody come up and take you off stage. Oil we didn't have any electricity. The oil BLM. <laughs> that was my own spotlight. I had to hold my lantern. But it was just like, we didn't have that. So like you, in my day, you had to be good to get right. booked. The word got out. You were this, you were right. that. This bitch is funny. This right. dude is a monster. Mm -hmm. That's how we got booked was word of mouth. Right. Now it's how many followers do you have? That's so it. how are you handling this? Is this working for you? Is it working against you or... Well, you see, I came in on that era, mm -hmm. but my age is not of that era. Right. And then I got kind of busy because while I started comedy, it's like I've never been a full-time comic. Right. <laughs> so that's another aspect, too. I worked and then um, right. I went to school and got my master's and post-master's degree while doing comedy. So that's mm -hmm. another she was busy, busy. Mm -hmm. So when I was focusing on school, I just didn't have the time to focus on like the right. social media aspect. So mm -hmm. now... As I'm stepping back and looking at the game for what it is now, mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, it's it's giving posted. Yep. It's giving you need followers and mm -hmm. it's a new day and age. And it, yep. and it doesn't mean that the talent is there. No. Nope. No tea, no shade, no pink lemonade. Nope. All tea, all shade for me. And you can have as much pink lemonade as you want because I will roast everybody that sucks with a million followers. I know she will. You know, so, I don't give a fuck. I am Paul Mooney's protege. Period. I am... Paul Mooney made my voice yeah. not give a fuck and, right. and tell people straight up. It's it's a bad thing. Right. But it's also a good thing. Right. In it's the necessary. Sense, it's necessary because some people need to know. And I'm not I'm not going to bow down and kiss your ass because you have 500,000 followers right. and I have six. Right. You know, I'm right. sorry. But OK, you headline. You want a headline? So, so this is me. Oh, you you want some rope? You're gonna hang yourself. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, you headline, and I'll 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 open for you, mm. and I bury him. Good luck with that. Mm -hmm. Here's a shovel. You're gonna need it because all that dirt that's gonna be piled on you when I bury you, bitch. You're gonna need it to get out. And here's a straw to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> but see, that's the thing between I feel like stand-up comics and stand-up comedians, and then social medians. Mm -hmm. Like there's a difference. Oh, I like that term, social medians. Totally. I like you. Better work, girl. You better patent that. That's a great term, social medians. And that's what I like. We're going to name this episode that. Okay. And that's why I like to liken um, those that do 
the comedians that do it on social media, like Forrest. And I don't take away from their craft because I'm quite sure it takes a lot to get um, the followers. And there's a science to that. It's a full-time job to be it's a, a social medium. It's seriously. And, and it's, it's a technique to that. It's, it's like when I was coming up, mm-hmm. the comics that weren't that good, that were mm-hmm. mediocre, right. you know, we didn't have social media. We didn't have internet then. Right. So, those are the ones that were really great at making phone calls. Remember those things, phone right, calls? Pranks. When you would call mm-hmm. agents and managers mm-hmm. to come see my show. Oh, okay. And you would walk thing. into their office mm-hmm. with a manila envelope okay. with your tape, okay. your headshot, and your resume. Okay. And you would set it down and say, I want you to represent me. Will you look at my tape? Mm-hmm. Those were the old days. And then the old Teach. days, we had to send our tapes to bookers at the clubs. Mm-hmm. And the bookers would watch it. Mm-hmm. And see if you were, you know, bookable or not. Right. If they could, you know, if they wanted to book you or not. Mm-hmm. Now it's just links. It's great. And the part I love now is everything is online. Right. So it's you digital. could just send them a link and it's done. Right. But at the same time, all they care about is how many followers do you have? Are you going to sell out the club? Right. Because that's all they care about. Now, remember, I remember in 2008, 2009, when Ashton Kutcher was the first person on Twitter okay. to get a million followers. And everybody right. thought that was a lot. Right. You know, that was then because everything was still new. Right. So the comedy clubs here mm-hmm. started going, well, we're not really spending money on marketing because it was still like we're still coming out of that doldrum of those dark days of comedy. Right. So they were looking for ways to market the clubs and the comedians without spending money. Mm-hmm. And the only clubs that were really spending money in New York was the cellar and Caroline's on Broadway. Okay. So their head of PR, Greg Charles, who I'm dying to get on this show, mm-hmm. but he hates podcasts. Okay. Um, would had you know they were connected with Hot 97 and a bunch of shows on Sirius so they would get their comics for the weekend on there and that's how they marketed because it was a cross promotion kind of thing okay so Caroline had a great relationship still does Mm. with 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 Sirius and with Hot 97 and all that and so she's got amazing relationships so she's able to do that without spending too much money on marketing okay so a lot of these other clubs started going well if they have followers Let's book them because then right. their followers will come to the club. So then the club started shifting around mm-hmm. 2009, 10. Okay. With how many followers do you have? And then mm-hmm. the comics got hip to it mm-hmm. and started buying followers. Mm-hmm. And so they'd get booked. There'd be nobody in the seats. Yeah, right. they're all bots. And right. then they start looking at views mm-hmm. and likes. Right. Are, are you really active on here? Right. So it became that and then it just ballooned into what it is now. Right. So now it's all about like these comics that completely built their career online. Right. And then they get in st- on stage in person and they fold because right. they don't have the chops. It's right. like, but it's a different skill. I don't right. have that because I'm, I'm turning 53 in a month. So, mm-hmm. you know, oh, black don't crack. So, <laughs> oh, so, um, it's hard. I'm still learning and I don't, and a lot of times I, this is bad. A lot of times I forget about social media. Right. You know, and I'm not thinking about it cause I'm working on jokes. I'm right. writing, I'm doing spots, right. I'm building a new album right, right now, my second album. So I'm okay. not even thinking it's like, Oh, I need to start filming my sets. This is how I am, you know, <laughs> Me too. you know, and I forget to, fi- I record everything audio okay. because I go over notes. Those right. are my notes. So, mm-hmm. You know, but I never think record your set, you idiot. Mm. And then, you know, it's like I always forget. So like today I forgot my tripod had to use yours because, you know, I'm a little, (laughs) you know, but anyway. So somewhat and and you're in that weird stage because you are 
you're what, 40? Right, I'm in my mid-40s, 45. Right. Yeah, so she's 45, so girl, you better work, hunty. So you're not, you I'm didn't not, really grow no, up right, in that you know either. Not, that's why I said I'm, I came in a game where, like, I'm of the age of, like, not supposed to be in it, and I was in school and busy to even focus on that. Right. And so, yeah, so it's like I'm learning, and when I was in school, I kind of got forced to kind of really pay attention sure. to um, technology, period. Yep. Because I was, like, definitely a Tyrannosaurus, if you were, like, you know. Oh, honey. I'm definitely a little prehistoric, a little somewhere rolling around. Oh, honey, I'm a piece of stone <laughs> from the prehistoric. I'm, like, Fred Flintstone's tire that chipped and had to get replaced. Right. I was like Betty's friend. You know, I worked with the rib was like, and when they made the barbecue ribs, I didn't see that. I worked at the, what was it? The, the, <laughs> the rock quarry. <laughs> <laughs> so do you find it harder to get booked because you're not that social media type? I'm a big comic online thing. Right. Are you having problems with that at all? I'm not. Actually, like, because I didn't, my career is, like, I haven't done comedy clubs like that far as mm. trying to get booked in comedy clubs. I, like, my name is kind of still, like, old school. It's, like, I get right. booked by my name. Like, right. from promoters that have seen me. Like, right. if I go do a show, they'll see me and I get paid to do shows. And I was really, really busy, like, a lot um, when I yep. first started. Yep. Um, But it got to be too much for me, actually. Like, you have to learn how to, you know, balance, you know. Yeah. Or else you'll really burn out. So yep. I had to stop um, doing as many shows. I purposely slowed down to give myself room to do the things I need to do in self-care. Yeah. You know, as a psychologist, you know, I definitely. But you also have to live that. Yeah. And, and the fact is, too, you have to live life to gain experience so you can talk about it on stage. And right. it's like, yeah, getting on stage every night's fun. It's right. great. You know, and, and especially in the city, it's easy because you mm-hmm. 10 minutes here, 15 minutes there, 10 right. minutes here. You can do a few spots in a night. But. Right. It's like at the same time, I knew comics that were doing four, five, six spots a night. Right. And they weren't growing because they were burning out. And it's right. like, now you're now you're phoning it in. Right. Now, because your central nervous system is shot, mm-hmm. because you've been on all night, going up, down, up, down, up, right. down, that you're going to start phoning it in after a right. while. Mm-hmm. And for me, I can do a few spots in the night because they're only 10 minutes. It takes me 20 minutes to say hello to an audience. You right. know what I mean? Right. So like... I do 30 in my sleep. Right, like, like right, that's right. just like, oh, right. that's like a quick spot. Right. You know, and it, and it's just like, so, which is fine. I've been doing it a long time. It's yeah. in my, you know, I have that muscle memory, but <laughs> at the same time. Yeah, but but it's also at the same time, I watch these new Jacks doing it. Yeah, David Tell used to do that five, mm-hmm. six spots a night, seven spots, whatever. That's great. But after a while, you get burnt out and your right. brain shuts off and then you're not growing. You're just doing the same because you're just you're trying to get through it now. Yeah, you're just trying to get right. through it. And that's just the thing I noticed that, you know, you know, because I came in, you know, more experienced as a senior age wise. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, coming in, um, just looking at the game from all perspectives like what do right. I need to do mm-hmm. you know how do I so when I started my comedy career I was a teacher assistant so like you were saying content like it gives you things to talk about so that's why I went to school to get my master's and post-master's I needed more material basically <laughs> but also too the good thing about being a teacher's assistant and mm-hmm. stuff and a psychologist right. you're always on stage right so even though you're not on stage right you're still performing absolutely for the kids in the classroom and they're performing for you yeah they're heckling you're roasting you know you gotta keep them in line you gotta leave the class you gotta take them on a journey for an hour you're doing an hour 
Right. Easy, Easy. you know? And it's just like, it's it's a great experience, especially any public speaking stuff. Right. It's just being able to go up there raw. Right. And comedy is a rawest form of, you know, entertainment because it's just us and what we think is funny. Right. And then you got to make a whole room full of people laugh as opposed to hiding behind a song or a part in a play or a movie, you're not being yourself. So if you get rejected, it's not you, it's the character. Right. And that's what I think too. A lot of people fail to realize is an art form, Mm -hmm. you know, to comedy, you know, it's a skill. It's It's an art form. You either have it or you don't. Right. I mean, and there's so many different intricacies that go into before you go on stage between the writing, between the rehearsing, between the, you know, practicing it, you know, going to different rooms and practicing your material Yep. and then delivering it. So it's a lot. Oh, hell. Oh, yeah. And the fact, too, it's like and everybody goes, you have to write one joke a day or I have to write every day. Well, does that work for you? Mm. If it doesn't work for you, you shouldn't do it. Right. Like for me, I write so randomly Mm -hmm. that I do a lot of my writing, believe it or not, in the shower Mm. because there's no distraction. Right. Just you in the water Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden I will be doing bits like I'll be on stage at a theater and I'm doing bits and I can hear the laughs and I know when things are hitting. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that's the tag I've been looking for. That's the direction of, that's the premise. That's that's the angle. Oh my God, I do it all in the shower. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm walking or, you know, or if I'm lifting weights, something will strike me. But it's like odd time. So then I got to write it down on my phone or whatever or do a voice memo to myself. Right. And, uh, but I also do a lot of writing on the phone with Teddy Smith. Mm. And those of you who oh, don't know, you need to look up Teddy Smith. He's my hilarious. best friend. First of all, he's my best friend in the whole world. But one of the greatest Sorry. comics in New York City. Yes. And he will, he's, he's basically Bernie Mac and Richard Pryor if they had a baby. <laughs> and and he's just brilliant. He's yes. so brilliant. And he's so different than I am. Like, mm-hmm. I'm a roaster. I'm a ranter. Right. I call people out. Like, I have no fear. He's more of a storyteller. He's emotional. He talks about religion and race and 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 marriage and like not like typical family stuff, right. but like deep stuff, like the philosophy behind everything. Like he gets really deep and fucking hysterical. My God, he's so brilliant. So it's mm-hmm. nice. I bounce off of him things, mm-hmm. and he goes, "Write that down, homie. Write that down." And right. but it's nice to have someone that doesn't do what I do, right? Give me feedback, mm-hmm. and then he is so easy to write for. Like even when I was working with Paul Mooney, mm-hmm. he was so easy to write for because mm-hmm. I knew that man inside out and right. backwards. So I would think of shit. Nope, that's not a Christie joke. That's a Mooney joke. And then I would mm-hmm. go to the, we get to Caroline's like a Mooney. I have a joke. Okay. This is this this. And he goes, Oh, I'm stealing that. And I'm like, <laughs> You're not stealing it. I'm giving it to you, bro. Right. Like you know. But he would always like he was so easy to write for because I knew him. Same with Teddy. He's so easy to write for mm-hmm. because he doesn't do what I do, and I don't mm-hmm. do that stuff. Right. So for me. I can't pull that off because I'm not a storyteller. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit about family stuff. Right. I don't have a connection to it, but right. I am an observationist. Right. I'm a current events person. Right. I'm a behavioralist. Right. I, I, I social, you know, like social justice, all that socialized, anything right. in the, in, in the current events in, in the, in the environment of our like social climate. Right. I'm all about it. Right. But, you know, I'm just not that deep about that stuff because that's mm-hmm. personal stuff. And I don't really I have a hard time connecting to that. So I'm all I'm all retarded with that shit. Well, but and, so for him, mm-hmm. he's easy to write for. Mm-hmm. But we don't write conventionally. So how what is your writing style like for it, you? What works for you? It has to be in moments. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's sporadic. Very something happens. And I'm right. like, 
only to me. So it's like things that have happened where I know that this is needs this needs to be on stage. Yes. So and you know moments, that shit. Right. And you just know it in those moments like this is material. Yep. And you write it down. And, and you write, feel it. And you feel it. And you can see it. You can see you start setting it up. You already, you know, just start getting to work on it, putting your notes. And then I'll go, you know, look at it later on and figure out what I need to punch it out. Like, of course. You know. Oh, yeah. So you got to find you know. your, put your voice on it, put your twang. Right. How to like punch it up, make, exaggerate this, twist this around. And I'm like a physical comic. Yes, so, you are. You yes. really are. So I love being very animated on stage. Mm-hmm. It's very hard for me to sit still. I don't know if it's the ADHD or physical comic, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Stay I don't have yourself. ADHD, but I love tumbling around the stage and I flying love, around right and, i love to be very active on the stage yeah like i want to you know like to pick things I like, up like I, like I feel like an artist you know i like to visually like put people like into the scene like yeah like onto the like you know yeah framework of, of course you like to bring your thoughts to life right no but you're so funny though i just absolutely yeah. adore you and i remember oh, wow she's a pisser no, when we first met, <laughs> how many years ago was that? Because that was the old, started, not yeah, it was when you first, yeah, because yeah. we used to do, me, Marla Schultz, and Gina Savage used to do a show at Broadway Comedy Club once a month called Broadly Funny. And that was an all-female stand-up show that we did once a month, and it ran at Broadway for like seven or eight years. Yeah, we did wow. it. It was a long time, and it was very successful. And it was really fun. I always closed it. And it was... And did she have people, close it? And people would just be circling. And that show, mm-hmm. coming off of Paul Mooney, after we separated and went our separate ways, mm-hmm. after Caroline's was over, mm-hmm. Paul started getting really sick and the crazies around him pushed me out of his life. So mm-hmm. I basically had to start over from scratch. Right. Because I was with him for so many years, which was a blessing. Right. But it took me out of the whole circuit. So I had mm-hmm. to reintroduce myself. Right. So I took, so I did the Jerry Seinfeld and Comedian, that documentary he did when he mm-hmm. went on with nothing. Right. I threw all my material away. Okay. And I started from scratch. Nice. And I just started rebuilding my whole set, rebuilding myself, my mm-hmm. character, mm-hmm. to see what layers were coming off. Right. Because I was like, I ha- I'm going to rebirth. Why not just redo everything? Yes. And let's just really see what's in there. Thank you. So I was doing Broadly Funny, which that show kind of saved my life. Right. You know, and uh, with Marla and Gina, they kind of saved my it life. It was a good show. It was a great show. Was and phenomenal. I used that show to peel and build and peel mm. and build. And then you were on one of the shows. This was years ago. It had to be years like ago. seven, eight years yeah, ago. About seven, eight years ago. Yep. You, yeah, you were. And I was like, that's my cousin. And I was like, cousin. And like, when it, was like, it was real like. Like we were, like we hadn't seen each other in like 20 years. My cousin. Like we were bonded sure. instantly. Where you been, girl? Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I always like to talk about, like, well, before we wrap it up, mm-hmm. who are your influences? Like, what comics really influenced you? Like, what would you can like if you if you could say your style was what? Okay. Who were your influences in stand-up? Okay, I would like to say, like, I love physical comics, so I like Martin Lawrence. Martin was one of my favorites. Martin's one of the greatest, and he's he's really underrated. He's very underrated. I like him on stage. I like that he's physical, and he, to me, is just like, and Bernie Mac. I like Mm. like the rawness of Bernie Mac, 
you know, Bernie, rest in peace, Bernie was like just one of my ever, favorites. Like Bernie, and it's just so many. I mean, I love from Cat Williams to like Cat Williams. I love Eddie Griffith. Like a lot of energy <laughs> on stage. I've known Eddie for years. Yeah, uh-huh. hundred years. I love the energy on stage. So it's a lot of like the I love like those comics. Basically, those are my top comics. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. So. If if Asia Bennett right now was offered a sitcom, okay, what would your sitcom be? Who are you? Mm. I would probably like to be. Um, and then I'll tell you what I think. I think I would like to play a school psychologist. I would like to play a school psychologist in my my sitcom. See, and that's what I see you as, like a school psychologist dealing with all the idiots right. and all the trials and tribulations. These right. kids, look at me using big white words, trials and tribulations, girl. <laughs> okay. I don't know who tribulations is, but congratulations, tribulations to you, Thank girl. Thank you, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, but I totally see you as a school psychologist and all the crazy shit. And just dealing with like mental disorders. Like, and I think like a lot of times, like parents, there's so many children out there that have like, disorders and stuff so we need to kind of like understand what's going on and like you know as a society and just make awareness of it that's all yeah and just get yeah. more involved and in that there's more layers than you say oh that person's mentally ill right no there's layers to it there's environmental so layers there's so many there's genetic layers yes. there's you know it's it's so the, much the factors go on and on that yeah. contribute to um to everything children, to yeah. everything mm-hmm. so. It's a matter of just getting to it. Mm-hmm. So I think that would be a great show for me. That would be a really great show for you. I like that a lot. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I always end, I always wrap up the show with, these are my two favorite questions to ask comics because it's just, it's one of my favorite things because there's always bits that I, that there's comics that I'm like, fuck, I wish I'd written it. Damn it. Like, it's so good. Mm-hmm. So I always ask, is there a bit a comedian has done that you went, God damn it, I wish I had written that. That was brilliant. What bit is that? Of course, as I said, Martin, it's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. It would have to be like, um, when you talk about like slavery, like, um, we gonna go back to Africa. I just think that bit is just hilarious. Do you, know- <laughs> <laughs> Do you know any of it by heart? I don't know it by heart. I just think the bit is just hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> well, everything Martin did was hilarious. He had hilarious. Stu- his stuff about marriage and, and yes, oh my God, the relationship cool. stuff used to wear me, me out. Down. Like, he would I was wear like, down when it came to relationships. Oh, that shit was so funny. Like, like yeah. he's talking about how, um, how, how you leave somebody that got that much money, like, yeah. that was called a household. <laughs> They say you're going to leave them, you walk out, and you come back later on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hilarious. Oh, my God. That's so funny. And then my other favorite question is because I spent many years opening for Paul Mooney, Mm -hmm. and Paul's big closers were street jokes. Paul loved a street joke. And then he would tell about four or five of them as his closer that he loved, but then he would Mooney-eyes them. Mm. Like he put a little Mooney twist to them okay. and just destroy the room. And those of you who don't know, first of all, I'm going to roast your motherfucking ass. <laughs> this bitch texted me this morning, what's a street joke? I almost know. punched her through the phone. <laughs> I was going to punch your fucking weave through the phone. I'm like, bitch, Girl. how do you not know a street joke? I didn't 
So anyway, that's so funny. You're not the girl I had on last week didn't know either, and I had okay. to roast that bitch too. So don't worry, she's adorable. But I'm like, girl, you need to get out of your house more, I know. girl. I know. But um, so I always ask because Mooney was so great at telling street jokes, and us comics too. When we're in the green room, we're on the road, we sit there and just tell street jokes all night and just make each other laugh. So, what is your go-to street joke that you like to tell? Okay, I would like to say, um, don't fuck it up. Your dad will be mad. He's gonna be mad at me if I get him. Myself. I had to, get, I had to borrow this one. Shut up, up. Okay, what, what, what does no one wants to? Call, what, what is? Okay, what starts with the N and the R that nobody wants to call or should call a black person? An N and an R, right? That nobody should or wants to call a black person. I don't know. A neighbor. Good night. <laughs> you are racist and this show is over. I'm offended. I'm triggered by that joke because black people are your neighbors, okay? It's okay, okay? It's coming from a black person. I know, I'm teasing. Look at me. <laughs> I just love saying triggered. <laughs> It's like so stupid. Oh my god. Oh my god. It's fucking hilarious. It's so. Uh, oh, as Mooney would say. Oh, that's too real, homie. It's too, it's too real. real, homie. Yeah, that was too much. But that's hilarious. Asia, I fucking love you. I love you more. Uh, you, Such a cunt. You fucking douchebag. <laughs> You rotten twat. I fucking love you, you dirty bitch. Stale tampon. Oh, <laughs> you stale biscuit. You Popeye. Okay, you 99 cent biscuit from Red Lobster. Red Lobster. <laughs> Motherfucker, the only you guys can make red two syllables. Red Lobster. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> Real lobster. Oh, so I want everybody to know who you are. So tell us where they can find you on all the Insta medias. Okay, now if you want to follow me, Miss Asia Bennett, you can go on Instagram, AJA B Labs, L A. U G H S. This okay. bitch can't even spell her. Shut up. <laughs> it's the regular way. And then if you go to you, <laughs> it's not the black way. Not the black way. It's the regular way. Okay. It's the white way. <laughs> and if you go to YouTube, please subscribe to AJA Asia Bennett Comedy TV. All right, check me out. It's gonna be some good stuff. And I also have Christy Miller on my first episode, September 10th, airing. So it's gonna be cute. Check us out. And what's the name of that show, darling? It's called Inside Jokes. Yes, I did a very first episode, Inside yes. Jokes with Asia Bennett. So yes, that's gonna be fun. Time. It was a lot of fun filming that. So much fun. And uh, so that's coming September 10th. Don't forget to follow her. And don't forget to follow us here at Old School, yes, New follow. School Comedy on Instagram. And you can follow us uh, the the podcast on my YouTube playlist at Christy Miller Comedy, my channel. And you can follow me at Christy Miller Comedy everywhere. So please like, subscribe, and share this show. And uh, I love you, girl. Love you more. And we will see you bitches next week. Look at us doing video. Look, ma, no Bye. hands. <laughs> Bye. Bye.